We're back with part two of the Tommy Lee reading group. And CJ, I think you right now are on a passage that's a great place to start. Can you set the scene for us? Like, who's the pilot on this plane that Tommy's on? Like, what's going on? When is it? Where are they? You Muhammad yeah, Atta, yeah. September 11th, 2001. Uh, what, what, page, what page is this? It's on page in... in okay, well, I don't know if you're going to get the same page because I'm looking at... I have it open in uh, Google Chrome. I just clicked on the PDF. So I'm on page two, 213 of... Of 654? 654. Dude, this is, like, worse than when I found out that Love After Lockup was 52 episodes and not, like, 20. Um, so he's, like... Actually, let me preface this with the... The thing that actually caught my eye wasn't this... Uh, wasn't this part, but was the part before that where he's talking about how, um, like how like he said like oh for a second i thought i was david copperfield and i realized how much magic is just one big illusion <laughs> oh fuck yes, i wasn't I supposed to tell you how we did that sorry while we're at it there is no santa claus there is no magic and there is no fucking easter bunny the tooth fairy was your goddamn mom storks don't deliver babies pop rocks and coke won't kill you there is no middle earth mikey never liked life cereal really really aging yourself with that comment tommy you can't get pregnant yeah. from kissing. You won't go blind from jerking off. And when Jack and Jill tumbled down that hill, they was definitely fucking. And, that it was, <laughs> and then it's it, like end of a chapter. Most of yeah. those aren't things that kids learn from their parents. They're things yeah, I don't know about up. the yeah the the kissing the kissing for or like getting pregnant from kissing thing. I honestly probably think he believed that in the early days of like him being in the band. Like he would make out with a chick. <laughs> After the show, and then he would like, well, he you couldn't really. He would have to like ask people he knew if there was like a pregnancy test for men. <laughs> um, anyway, so this is yeah, some CJ, like really demented shit. He sounds like a fucking comic book villain. The way he's uh, dispelling these uh, things a five year old would believe. <laughs> yeah, man. If you think leprechauns are real, well, look the fuck out for Tommy Lee. Um, but then <laughs> hide your kids. What comes actually? After- literally hide your kids because <laughs> don't let them near his pool. Yeah, do not let them come over to his house because they will drown. Bef- not, but not before he sets off a truth bomb about how fucking. Uh, but CJ, actually, while you're talking about that section about like the magic trick he pulled at that on that tour, there was actually a line I had highlighted from that same section where he's describing what was going on in like their show before he disappears like a magician. And he said, we had full video production going, capturing the dancers and flashing pictures of atom bombs going off and roller coasters dropping as I played. (laughs) (laughs) So fucking funny, man. Video montage of bombs and roller coasters. I don't, God damn! It's like an idea in a yeah. year. <laughs> it's ridiculous. That's why you had to dispel all those rumors. This is what I had a piece highlighted into. from uh, from like that that same performance where he's he's describing. Uh, I'll just read it. He said, uh, "I had it dialed. It was time for my solo. I started uh, ripping it on the set I used throughout the show, while Aborigine dancers with bones through oh. their noses danced <laughs> no. in the dust." With their titties bouncing, we got into this <laughs> insane tribal drum thing that I fucking loved! Exclamation mark. Yeah. Oof. <sighs> Very cool, Tommy. Very cool. Very cool. So, uh, for somebody who... Haven't uh, they suffered enough? For somebody who hasn't read this, not me, for example, but 
for someone who hasn't read this, what's going on in Tommy's life when he's doing all this right now? Because it's it's really confusing hearing all of this. Like, what is he on tour that with Molly Crew or where? Colony. Like, what the yeah, fuck is yeah, happening? Yes, this is like the late '80s. Uh, once they're big, this is like how they keep upping the ante at their shows to have crazier and crazier shit. Yeah, so Tommy basically gets into an arms race, uh, like with himself, <laughs> uh, about over his personal drum production. Like, it starts with what does it start with? It starts with basically like a jerry picker or a, floor, a forklift pulling his drum kit up and flipping him around and then he gets the full spinning like gyroscopic drum kit which he can only i guess he's saying he can only rotate five times completely because that's how much slack all the mics on his drums have which just made me think like (laughs) if you're working as a drum tech for tommy lee on any of these tours you're (laughs) totally earning your money like what a yeah. shitty fucking job. Well, not to mention the fact... I thought it would have been wireless mics. Yeah. Well, he said they didn't <laughs> exist. He actually specified like, in there that they didn't have them yet. Well, you also have to keep him... So he had 50 XLR cables <laughs> spinning around. Yes, yeah, like literally. Correct. Yeah, that's what he's saying. Maybe that's why he kept getting stuck. Well, he <laughs> also... He, they get tangled into he a He also rat mentions, can. too, that as at one of the drum kick, like one of the drum tech's duties is also like running up while he's on stage because nobody's really paying attention to him all the way back there and like putting a bottle cap full of cocaine up near his face so he can like hit it while he's he's drumming. And he's like, I, I, like whenever I needed that, which in parentheses, which is often. So like not only do you have to worry about like you know, these, these microphone cables becoming taut and possibly snapping and like one of them whipping Tommy Lee in the head and making him like 2% dumber than he already is. But then you also (laughs) have to like, you have to be constantly like running a buffet of cocaine up to him back and forth and like jamming it into his face. Just how do they know he needs more? Does the BPM start to drop? (laughs) Actually, honestly, I'll probably, because that dude is probably hanging out either in the wing or by the soundboard or maybe by the monitors well i would assume that he's probably doing coke too at the same time so you just kind of get that general feeling you know it's like you're starting to come down you know tommy's coming down you gotta just like it's kind of like um you know the simpsons when homer's dreaming of the alcohol-fueled car and he's like (laughs) one for you one for me and drinking with the car that's what it's like to be helping them out the coke guy doubles as the damper in the kick drum yeah squats (laughs) down in there my, Motley Crue concert is like basically like a sort of like a Navy SEALs black ops type thing where instead of synchronizing their watches, the entire crew and the band has to do the exact amount of the same coke at the same time <laughs> yeah. before the show starts. Yeah. They have to monitor their diet. They have to make sure every, every it's like a well-oiled <laughs> machine. Um. Yeah, those guys were definitely that disciplined. So the the thing that the thing that like before that is what like is what caught my eye but this is like what I what I was reading afterwards which is where he's talking about being on a on their private their private jet that they use to go on tour. And he says Motley Motley was always about intensity and indulgence and we were always a band living on the edge. I'm fearless except for when you had to talk to an, a foreign Asian foreign exchange student in the college show you went to, you know. You, yeah. <laughs> then you you weren't you certainly didn't have it together there. Uh, I'm fearless, but there were more than a few situations that I got got into in my motley days that scared the fuck out of me. 
Here's one of many. We had a pilot I nicknamed Dick Danger and a private jet service I, I nicknamed Dangerous Airways. And I guarantee you, nobody else in the band called him Dick Danger or like called it Dangerous Airways. Yeah. He's like George W. Bush, basically, where he just gives dumb nicknames to people and they just deal with it and they all hate him. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, during the Shout at the Devil tour, in parentheses, I think, Dick Danger nearly destroyed us several times. Old Dick was flying a tiny, tiny plane, a tw twin-engine prop plane, which is c the kind of plane that goes down all the time if you check the obituaries. Mm. Anyway, Dick was this older guy in his 50s at least with white hair and a suitcase full of Hawaiian shirts. Um, so anyway, he goes on about uh, how he keeps an eye on Old Dick because uh, he, like, you know, he needed to keep an eye on him. Um, not because I thought I'd be able to do anything if some shit went wrong, more like because he was like a trippy math problem. I needed to know what made this motherfucker tick. <laughs> thing, when I see a math problem, I'm like, what makes this problem tick? You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, usually that's like if somebody asks me a question about like two trains leave Chicago heading towards Boston, I'm like what makes these fucking trains tick? Like what's up with these motherfuckers? Why are they doing this? Um, <laughs> the the drum tech and the guitar tech for Motley Crue both do half a gram of cocaine at exactly 7.35 p.m. <laughs> Tommy Lee has uh, two songs at 156 BPM coming up. I think he's confused that the pilot has a job that he's doing. Right. <laughs> yeah. And Tommy's on the plane like, hey, man, you want to drink with me? you're not jacking off right now. <laughs> you want to hit this line? And the guy says, no, I'm flying a plane. He's like, what? What's wrong with this guy? The psychology in this guy is incredible. Well, yeah. So you say that, but then he, so the next thing he says is, so I'm sitting, I'm sitting there in the cockpit next to Dick Danger one day, and I'm definitely toasted, and I'm like, dude, could I fly this? Is it hard to do? Dick's all, take the wheel, go ahead. Our manager at the time heard this and completely freaked, do not let Tommy fly, no, no, no. I look back at him, and of course I take the wheel. I thought it was going to be like a car or a video game, because, like, and, and I, I, <laughs> Because I'm very stupid. Yeah, and it's like the the what video games existed back then? Like that's, that blows my mind that you were yeah, you're definitely it, saying. If it's this. shout at the devil, I think that was '83 or yeah. something. Yeah. Uh, Maybe pole position. Lady Donkey yeah. Kong. <laughs> this is Pac-Man. Um, like, like he thought you fly a plane by just steering it left and right. Yeah, basically. Um, so I'm not even really fully realizing that I have my entire band's future at risk. I'm just thinking, fuck, I'm flying. I'm glad old Dick didn't tell oh me God. how to do a barrel roll because you know I would have. <sighs> Were there like maybe two sets of controls and he was just like, you know, being like, <laughs> you know, like when you have like a little kid who's trying to play video games with you and you yep. just give him the control. Like the intro to the Simpsons. In. Yeah, that's exactly right. He's like Maggie Simpson. <laughs> oh wait like he's very proud of that saying yeah i almost killed myself and our pilot and all of my bandmates <laughs> on a lark but i didn't because i didn't feel like it yeah dan it's like you were saying earlier it seems like he's just always rolled amazing saving throws that have just brought him back from the brink of death yeah yeah he's he's saved versus everything and won you know save versus crossing the street Save versus <laughs> sticking your tongue in a fucking light socket because you think there's a Cheeto in there. Like, but he's also like <laughs> critically failed every single intelligence role in his entire life. So, <laughs> of course, it's yeah. a trade-off. You know, you get one, you have to give up the other, right? 
Um, but yeah, no, he actually, actually should work. be Tommy Lee should be a D and D class, a hair <laughs> metal drummer. Yeah, he really should. Metal oaf. <laughs> yeah, he would be in the lizard family, I think. Yeah, is Tommy Lee a lizard man? He's very tall and thin, and he's always kind of wet. <laughs> There's an interesting part in here where he does uh, testimonials, and some of them are testimonials from actual celebrities like there's one from steve-o from jackass <laughs> and then uh there are some lesbian testimonials by i assume invented lesbians they're not celebrity lesbians. here's the thing no it's not like rosie o'donnell here's the thing i'm a man-hating lesbian but i love tommy lee he should he really should feel very excited to know that. He's got amazing tattoos and his little nipples are pierced. I get angry because guys don't hold up the same degree of personal hygiene that girls do. But if you look closely, you'll notice that Tommy shaves his arms, which is very, very hot. That wins him many, many points. Tommy's got hair on his head and not on his back. That's cool. That's how it's supposed to be. What? What? Yeah. This is like when Donald Trump in the 80s would call in pretending to be his own like manager or whatever and say glowing things about himself. I what when I moved to Vancouver after I graduated high school and was playing in like shitty hardcore bands, I moved into a house uh with two guys who were in a band that was like up and coming on sub pop. And it was around the time that like all the hardcore guys had stopped being straight edge and started drinking. And we're like, what if we played as loud, but like we're influenced by ACDC, you know, like, <laughs> like there was this whole brief era of like hard drinking, hard party and kind of a return to hair metal, but sort of ironically. And I, I remember seeing both of them standing in the bathroom and shaving their arms. And I was like, what are you guys doing? And they were like, we're shaving our arms because it makes your tattoos look better. Yeah. <laughs> so, I guess that's like a cool. a thing, a so, subculture. Was that the Shins? Uh, yeah, with the, and, that, <laughs> and that band was um, Fleet Foxes. Yeah. The uh, testimonials continue. He says, don't worry, I've saved the best for last. Here they are. My best friends, the elusive and way too cool, including the answers, if any, that were given by their representatives in response to our request. And then he starts listing celebrities, and most of them have nothing next to them. Uh, Lenny Kravitz, nothing. Madonna, <laughs> Christina Aguilera, P. Diddy. Wait, so he's, he's just Man. naming them? <laughs> yeah. Oh. Angelina Jolie, she will not be able to participate. Sorry. Uh. And it's very weird because uh, some of them, it's like a joke, like Bill Clinton is obviously not going to give a testimonial in Tommy Lee's book or uh, Robin Williams. But some of these people, like uh, Jenna Jameson, didn't give him anything. And uh, Richie Sambora from Bon Jovi didn't give him anything. And they definitely... Uh, and Kid Rock <laughs> didn't give him anything, which doesn't really seem like a joke. <laughs> yeah, they it just, just seems don't like give a shit about you. Very sad. <laughs> like, those are people less famous than yeah. him. But he definitely knows. Uh, Dave Grohl? Seems like they might have crossed paths. I don't know. Dave Grohl gives comment to everything. He's in every documentary. Carmen Electra? You couldn't get comment from Carmen Electra? Adam Carolla? I don't know why you would brag about that. 
<laughs> yeah, it's so it's weird. just weird. It doesn't land. Really and that's the weird. end of that chapter. The last one is Woody Harrelson. Alex, was it is you that, that mentioned that you read the part about his um, how many fireworks he has? Did you yeah. get to the how part many fireworks? Does that was, did you get to the part after where they're where they're in Hiroshima, Japan, and they play a song that like that like in mockery of oh, the fact that they yeah. got nuked? Yeah, this yeah. is very offensive. You dropped a bomb on me by the Gap Band, which is a great song. Fuck, man. Yeah, they played that. It was like their walk-on yeah, music. Yeah, that's the John Karabi chapter. <clears throat> they probably liked it. No, he, it's a good I song. Mean, he, he thought it was not going to be a good night. Somehow, though, it was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, word for yeah, word. Because probably most of them didn't speak English. Right. They, they, they turned that's true. That was the only saving grace. It was grace a cool, there. funky song. Yeah. yeah, that's so stupid. It's ins- it's insane. Yeah, it's even it's insane to well, and of course the guy that does it is named T Bone. It's like I can't believe <laughs> that's Tommy. <laughs> oh, that's Tom. Wait, what? Oh, he's talking I'm to sure that's person. Tommy. Is that? Yeah, no, this is the John Karabi chapter. Oh, it's formatted yeah, very you're weird, right. and it doesn't really. Tell it just says you. John oh. Karabi at the top, but he, there's a ton of but stuff. But he wrote that, it. That's like in huge letters, so it's like I don't. I Maybe. I always just think it's his dick saying that. So I just assumed yeah, exactly. it was a stick saying it's Tom, like, like John Karabi, really you know, yeah. forcefully. There's I didn't the, think it was actually from his perspective. There's three voices. There's Tommy's voice, his dick, and this invented British man. That's true. But then and apparently there's this other chapter. That was the narrator in Tommy Goes to College, now that I think of it. Was yeah, it really? you're right. The same thing. The stodgy British an, guy who doesn't anonymous get Anonymous British yeah. man. To, to Tommy Lee, that's what the voice of authority in America sounds like. <laughs> a stodgy British guy. Actually, wait, yeah, I, that's like part of his inner monologue. I pulled a few good quotes about like being anti-authority and they're like, uh, oh, it's all the shit about MTV. So like in the chapter where he's talking about the early days of them being famous, um, he's like, Motley's two first albums, Too Fast for Love and Shout at the Devil, came out before MTV even existed. And it's weird to think that, that it used to not exist. Some people think hip-hop divides the generations more than anything. This is very dated. But if you ask me, it's MTV. Before MTV, you had to do more work to find your scene and learn about music. You had to blah, 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 talk to people and go to clubs, etc. Now you can stay inside and have it all beamed to you. Um, but yeah, he's, he's talking about how they played well on MTV because they were so rebellious. He's like, our music was a soundtrack of pleasure seeking, adolescent rebellion, danger and, uh, and extremism. That was as fucking rock and roll (laughs) as you could get at the time. They were extremists. Yeah. That never really rosinated with anybody prior to MTV's uh, ascent into the, into the zeitgeist. That was the first time a rock band talked about partying. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't it mostly twelve-year-olds watching this shit anyway? A hundred percent, exactly. That's why it's so <laughs> funny, man. Oh yeah, no, I remember. I remember like spending countless hours watching MTV as a kid and listening to Rage Against the Machine and having no fucking idea what they were talking about. Did not care. Like, man, these guys yeah. are mad. I love it. Why, why are they so? Why are they mad at the? Why are they making fun of a Gap commercial? What's going on here? But hey, it resonated with me. Now, as an adult, I realize that that's shaped my rebellious nature and why I keep getting. Um, kicked off of various social media platforms. It's you know the same reason. It's on the MTV. Yeah. Yeah. MTV I don't. Just, I don't listen to that stodgy British voice in my head. That's like, hey, maybe you shouldn't <laughs> threaten to like punch someone's lights out because they uh, said something mildly disagreeing with you. 
Yeah, you heard it here first. Twitter needs to unban CJ and ban the MTV uh, verified account <laughs> for what they did to Free, CJ's brain. How come Tom Morello Free never CJ ban the Eve Six account? That's uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, fair oh my I'll God. take that trade. Get rid of that guy. Yeah. yeah what the fuck? Get rid man. of him before he does something. That's. Uh, we need to get rid of him. I know. think he's already done something, and it's just a matter of time before uh, everyone finds out. It's like, <laughs> right, he's trying to get ahead of it. Uh, oh. <laughs> Someone's going to be looking out in the woods. Their dog's going to smell something. Yeah. It's going to be a hole to do. Very yeah, unfair but, to CJ, though. Well, you know. Yeah, very unfair. Not we sure, love not, CJ, don't we, folks? Not sure what not sure what happened. It could have been the fact that I was using the exact same profile picture and name that I was using from a previous account. Hard to say <laughs> yeah. why I got caught. Where's Hopefully your presidential like, pardon, yeah. man? The, the, the Blackwater guys got pardoned. Can't you? I know. Well, you know, it's like, crazy, too, considering how much money I donated to the Republican Party this year. You'd think I'd get yeah. something, but apparently, <laughs> apparently nothing. How do they even, like keep track of who's the person they ban on site. I like, do they have a wall or something? Is your face somewhere in the I would, Twitter? I, I hope so. I, I hope that there's, I hope there's like a whole web of things where it's like, uh, it's like one of those, like in like those, like really like hacky detective shows where it's like all the little red strings going between all these things. And it's like, it's like a question mark in the middle. And then you see like a string going over towards like, uh, constantly keeps telling uh, some sort of locked account that he's small and that he's going to that he's going to fuck him. Uh, like another one, it's like constantly fights with this guy in Canada about like some ducks that live in Japan. Like you yeah, know, they, there's like it's like um, it's stuff. like season one of The Wire where they're trying to roll up these street guys up to CJ where it's like we know Ben we we know Ben let's get Ben into a conversation with CJ let's let's book him right there well you know then we'll have the evidence we'll go in someone's an inf- someone's snitching basically I think yeah you gotta you gotta I don't know if it's Ryland, operation, man. I don't know if it's John I don't know if it's Ben but someone's snitching it's probably Tom what if it's Neil he it it could be oh, I was mad about the D&D thing where you made him stop streaming. Mm. Oh, yeah. Motive. He, hopefully he doesn't hear this. Who, who's got the <laughs> least to lose? Who's got the most to lose? Um, well, all what the, if it's the, that? <laughs> Check his browser history. See if he's it it would be really funny if he was like completely aware of the fact that I've been posting about him online for years. He's like, like a Twitter moderator like Thousands of people, and he's been just been reporting he just likes it constantly. It. <laughs> But never addressing it in any other capacity. But yeah, I don't. I don't know. I mean, otherwise, the three suspects you've named are all um, men who have basically nothing to lose. They they all they're all single men who, uh, yeah, live. They live by themselves, and they they really don't have anything to lose. So it could be any of them. So thanks for tuning into the CJ Book Club. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, enough about enough about my ongoing brutal plight that uh, is on par with the Palestinians. Uh, let's let's get let's get back to yeah. How about more I, so I have a quiz. I got another oh, quiz, yeah, but I was really great. lazy making it because I was just despair. I read for some reason I'm the only one actually just reading every word of this book. I don't know why I'm doing it anymore because obviously what you should do is just scroll through and find the funny parts. But so I was getting demoralized while I was writing this, but <laughs> as you um, should be, uh, yeah, you, so you, deserve you needed it. a bottle cap of cocaine. <laughs> I really did, man. Every five Where's minutes. I was getting tired. Man? Yeah. <laughs> Every reader tech. needs one. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
But so I read the entire chapter about his mar- mar- uh, his marriage to Heather Locklear, which, uh, I mean, it wasn't that good until the end when he ruins the marriage because he's a moron. But um, that was uh, uh, apparently... So basically, I don't know if anyone, how many people read the part, but he uh, got divorced basically because he got a blowjob from a porno chick. And she found out about it because porno chicks, um, they all talk. So within an hour, uh, the porno chick's makeup lady talked to Heather Locklear's makeup lady for movies and told her about it, allegedly. But uh, so... He claims, though, that the marriage started to fall apart because she didn't want to have kids. Mm. So my first question is, what did Tommy Lee do when he realized Heather Locklear didn't want to have kids? I was kind of giving you the answer here just now, but A, he started doing crazy shit like letting Temptation be his co-pilot. B, (laughs) cheated on her with a porno chick from a porno shoot who, quote, sucked the fuck out of his dick. C, he watched a porno and it wasn't on TV. D, all of the above, or E, just A and B? Oh. All of the above. All of the above. That's no, my it's answer. actually just E, a and B. just A and B. Oh, because C, when, when the guys were watching the porno and it wasn't on TV, that, oh, that was, was in the, the studio. the SSL console thing. Yeah, oh, that was a, that was a uh, red herring right there. God damn so it. So I yeah. think CJ is the only one who gets credit here. Nice. Oh, this quiz is getting harder. One of the... What do you mean it's getting harder? You want to know something interesting it. about Heather Locklear? Yes. After their divorce, she married Bon Jovi guitarist Richie Sambora on December 17, 1994. She gave birth to their only child in 1997. Oh, man. Tommy Lee. So she did want to have yeah. children, but oh, with Richie man. Sambora, who you'll remember didn't give a quote for this book. <laughs> <laughs> they gave, she gave birth to, the, to her beautiful child named Guitar. It was the only <laughs> name that Richie Sambora could have thought of. <laughs> One of the one of the saddest little moments happens in that chapter. I think like the, the there's a very sad, or at least I found it sad, like descriptive passage where Tommy Lee is talking about his first his first couple months with Heather, and he's like, she even bought me a dirt bike so I could just ride around in like Laguna Beach hills all day on my dirt bike, and it's just like. She she just gave him something to play with and keep him out of the house, basically. <laughs> he really and, is just like a seven-year-old. But he's talking about it like... Yeah, she's like, just his mom. He's like, she was the only person who really understood me. And like, it's like, all right, dude. Yeah. He's not hard to understand. Nobody else he's understood just a really dumb guy that he wanted a dirt bike. Women and no, it, it's it's literally like getting a dog. It's like it it's as hard as understanding a dog that just was never neutered and also has like fifty million dollars. You got it. <laughs> you figured it out. Like you cracked the code. It's easy. Like okay, this thing won't stop pumping my leg, and it's also really rich and like can just if I don't like it, it can just hire somebody else who will who will let let them hump its leg like. This isn't a difficult thing. Like it's you're not an enigma dog. I would read a book about that dog called The Dog Who Had Fifty Million Dollars. <laughs> <laughs> and access to stimulants so it can increase the pace of yeah. humping your leg. The dog who quit hair. It can also spin around in a gyroscope while doing it. Yeah, someone it. who would bring uh, the dog cocaine in a flipped upside down beer bottle cat. <laughs> 
Um, the other Heather Locklear story I wrote down was that uh, the way he proposed to her was they got in a limo and he thought it would be cool to open like the sunroof and then <laughs> like both stand out of the sunroof and propose to her while they're both of their like torsos are out of the top of the sunroof but they're just going like 60 miles an hour and the wind's whipping and she can't hear what he's saying. <laughs> so he was just like, will you marry me? And she's like, oh, what? What? Oh, what? <laughs> that was like the romantic moment. And he, wasn't he like her eyes said yes? <laughs> yeah, exactly. He was like, I couldn't hear anything she said, but then I took out the ring and it just seemed like she said yes. Amazing. Her eyes were watering That's, from the uh, wind. <laughs> yeah. That has pretty bad implications. Yes. Yeah, it does. It really does. You got to hear the yes. That's how they got the uh, marriage annulled. It turned out she never said anything. So, Yeah. <laughs> the saddest part is the part where the kid drowns in his pool, which I'm not going to read, like, the sad parts uh, uh, about. Oh, I still haven't even gotten there. But there is a, a funny part. Daniel's parents weren't there at all that day. They'd sent him to the party with his nanny, a German guy named Christian. I'd met Christian for the first time that day when he came up to me halfway through the party to tell me that he was going to the Wango Tango Festival, a concert held each year in downtown L.A. He pointed out a woman across the pool and informed me that she would be responsible for Daniel for the rest of the day and that she'd also drive him home. I said, okay, as long as someone is watching him, that's cool. I recognized the woman he had pointed out, so I didn't worry. I thought she was a teacher's aide at our kid's school. All the kids at the party had a nanny or parent to watch them. I made sure of that. As Daniel is being pulled out of the water, I look for the woman who is supposed to be covering for Christian, and she is nowhere to be found. I later found out that while Daniel was drowning, she was taking her dog for a walk in my front yard. <laughs> All right. So don't let your kids go to Tommy Lee's house. Ever. And don't let their don't supervisors go to a bodyguard for your don't kids. Don't let the supervisor don't go to this, Wango uh, Tango Festival. Don't hire a German man as a nanny. Yeah, I don't trust this German man yeah, named so Christian. Uh, I think he just pointed. It's like a kindergarten cop He thing. pointed to like a random woman at the party when he said that, and then he just left. That's what happened. Yeah. That's what Wango Tango Festival does to a man. He'll do anything to get there. But the woman the woman didn't know that she, he was like she was supposed to be watching him, no. I don't think. No. He says when she comes back to the pool and sees the paramedic, she says, "Oh my god, am I in trouble?" "Fuck yeah, you are." After that, she just turns and runs out of there with her dog. I don't I point at her shouting, you were supposed to fucking watch him. Where the fuck have you been? I don't think she knew she was supposed to watch him. I think that guy just pointed at her. And she had no idea what was going on. I also on. think Tommy Lee's theory. probably an unreliable narrator and has a yeah. uh, vested interest in not incriminating himself in his own book. <laughs> in the death of a child. Was this 1998 that this happened? No, uh, oh, the uh, yeah. incident, something like that. Because if yeah. it was 1998, uh, Christian, the the German babysitter, was going to see because um, I found the Wango Tango lineup. Uh, <laughs> Spice Girls were headlining. Mariah Carey, wow, Will Smith, Hootie and the Blowfish, Meredith Brooks, Ooh. Gloria Estefan, NSYNC, <sighs> All Saints, Wycliffe Jean. Wow, Ooh, the. That, that's a pretty the good former non-president of Haiti. 
Yeah. Or the future non-president of Haiti, I mean. Can't believe that, that was... President you for You want life. to talk about uh, presidential unfairness. They should have just let him have it. Yeah. I'm glad, though, that... that He's the most famous guy. That yeah. guy was listening to um, Getting Jiggy With It live uh, instead of supervising the kid. Exactly. My name's Tommy Lee, and this is First Grade Field Trip to Waterworld. Welcome to Jackass. That guy was listening to Will Smith rap about how parents don't understand. Like, yeah, man, I hate bad parents. Yeah. <laughs> a German a German man as a nanny in California. That's so weird to me. It's like you want your kid to die. Yeah. Our German nanny is taking our kid to Tommy Lee's house. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> what could go wrong? I think uh, maybe a different chapter here that uh, also taps into Tommy's visceral anger where he's saying fuck a lot. Uh, at the beginning of chapter seven, which is called State of Total Disregard, a.k.a. You Know What, Fuck It. The first paragraph is, fuck it is right. I've always felt that way about life, about dares, about doing what I was told not to do. But after it was clear that Heather and I were getting divorced, my motto was, fuck it with a capital F. I don't give a flying fuck about shit. <sighs> That period of my life lasted, I'd say, from the day that blowjob blew up my home, blew up my home life until we finally signed the papers in 1995. Very cool, man. I mean, I like the implication that he wasn't being irresponsible right. before that. Yeah. <laughs> man, this one blowjob just really turned me into a fucking gremlin. You know, it's like I, I it was. It sucks that it happened to me. Yeah. If I could pinpoint the exact place where my life went wrong. <laughs> I would say that 90% of the reason I got kicked off the PTA had to do with that blowjob. <laughs> it's these porno chicks, man. Shouldn't have listened to my friend Ron Jeremy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Actually, so uh, maybe I have a question that um, relates back to the porno chicks who were on the SSL console in the story we talked about last episode. Um after that happened, after the porno chick was squirting on the SSL console in the recording studio, what did Tommy Lee think? A, you win some, you lose some. I lost a wife, but I found another squirter. Or B, no other options. A is the correct answer. Uh, a. B. I'll wait to see what other people say. I'm going to say B. Well, they're both right because they're both essentially saying A, but it's interesting that Derek waited for the first time ever when uh, it was the easiest question of all time. C. Correct. I knew Derek's going to try to start trouble in some way today. Just a un- troublemaker mood. Well, it's funny because actually at the, the, end, podcast. the end of the last episode, you were saying that you were going to do something. Either you were going to write an essay or you are going to learn how to play drums or something. You didn't do any of that, I bet. No, I did. Well, do you want to read your essay for us, or do you want to play drums for us, or what do you want to do to prove that you, you did your homework? Uh, no, I, uh, no, I'm too shy. If you don't want to drag the drums out, you could just beatbox it. If you, if you it's feel a more supportive community that. here. Like, no one's, boom, judging. Yeah. No one's judging you except for Charles, who's grading you, literally. Let's uh, hear it. Boom, boom, rat-a-tat-tat-tat. That's it. I don't even think that was one measure. Yeah, that sounded like the beginning of a poetry slam, honestly. It was, like <laughs> it was a, a really fast song. 
<laughs> it seemed a, like a normal tempo. It was just a really short song. It sounded like the no, beginning no. of an Elephant Man song. <laughs> Can you do that song for us again? Uh, no, but I have another one. Tatak, tatak. Okay, sure. Okay. You that one's a that one's a little more. That's like a whole song by the Locust. Okay. I like the end of it. It's kind of challenging. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. Except for Charles, who doubted me. (laughs) All right. Well, I guess I was proven wrong. It seems like you really thought about that stuff beforehand. Yeah, I guess I get bonus points now. Well, all right, you get enough bonus points to make up for the last question where you delayed to hear everyone else's answer so you could cheat. I don't think that's cheating. That's like educated, you know. So does Derek educated have more or less points than me now? Yeah, is Derek out of the I class I think less. He's, he's still in last place. Okay. All right, cool. I just I just want to know. So, like, I, I wasn't sure whether you could just do a, a drumbeat with your mouth and get more points to get ahead right. of everybody. Are we supposed to get more points, or is it like golf, where if I have less points, I win? Mm, it's like a normal thing where you actually want points. Like everything else in the world except golf. All right. I thought, I thought it was like golf. Okay. All right. Well, maybe we should just read another question, because that'll give you a chance to catch up. <laughs> so like it. this question, it's from the, just that same chapter where after he got divorced, he moved back into his own place, you know, or I think it was like a mansion where he was paying $7,000 a month rent or whatever. Um, but one night at Tommy Lee's new house, when he invites a porno chick over to hang out with his friends, what happens? A, she samples an all you can eat cock buffet (sighs) and rides the (laughs) penis go round Mm. until the carnival shuts down and everyone on the ride gets off. B, his friend becomes the ringleader and whacks her bottom with a big fat leather paddle. C, the ringleader becomes the lion tamer and uses a soft whip to increase her pleasure. Or D, all of the above. I want to hear Derek's answer first. Um, can I do fill in the blank and then say the gummy bear thing? Do not say the, don't say the fucking gummy bear thing, Derek. Come on, dog. You know I don't like that. And you, you know that I want to hear wrong. the gummy bear Alex, thing. No, actually, you I don't forgot like the whole the thing. Fun. Yes, okay, I do. I'm gonna, go, I'm gonna get up and use the bathroom. Um, hope everybody has a nice time. Uh, I was gonna copy CJ's answer, so I just um, control F for gummy bear in uh, the whole text of the book. And there's another time on page <laughs> 569. <laughs> Where he uses it in a very innocuous uh, context. He's just like, I asked her father if I could marry his daughter, and he gave me the go-ahead. I hadn't planned to do it that night, but I got so excited I couldn't wait. I took a gummy bear ring from the kid's candy jar and put it on her finger. What do you think that means? I don't know, because the only other time gummy bear comes up in the book is... I'm in the South. My favorite thing to do when I'm in the Southland is to pull my girl's lips all the way back so that her little gummy bear just pops out at me. Ugh. So those are the two. Christ. The two times he <laughs> talks about this stuff. There's a story in here about uh, a mirrored closet falling on David Lee Roth's head. Yes. Oh, yeah. After, like, a stripper trashed the place or something. The squirter trashed the place. Yeah. The squirter. He specifies. I'm going to go to the squirt club. 
One of them fell on David Lee Roth's head one night, and I'm proud and amazed to say that when the door hit his dome, he didn't flinch, he didn't stop rambling about whatever the fuck he was talking about, and he didn't spill a speck of the cocaine he wasn't sharing with anyone. So that gives a little bit of a a view into why his stage banter is so incoherent. I actually had Very focused. Yeah, you're right. a lot of stuff falls on his head. Tommy Lee ruined everyone's lives around him. Like we were talking about last time, all the kids who are drinking the Jack Daniels out of the windshield wiper fluid thing. <laughs> he clearly ruined all their lives right there. He made David Lee Roth as stupid as he was for the rest of his life. It's just anyone who comes into contact with him, their life is just devastated, but it's fun. That's true. When Tommy Lee thinks it's fun. Yeah. He's just always been 75 IQ the whole way, so to him, he just doesn't notice any of it. He's bringing people down to a level that they can communicate with uh, him. It's it's almost it's probably like an ingrained survival technique, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, like if you get close to Tommy Lee, he will try and give you a head injury, so uh, so you don't have the competitive <laughs> edge on him. But he doesn't know he's doing it. It's purely instinctual. Oh, I'm. At the part where he talks about MTV again, and I just realized when he says Motley's first two albums, Too Fast for Love and Shout at the Devil, came out before MTV MTV even existed, and it's weird to think that it used to not exist. But I looked it up, and both of those came out after MTV. (laughs) (laughs) Too Fast for Love came out in November 1981, and MTV launched in August 1981. (laughs) That's amazing. And Shout Out the Devil was 1983. So I don't know how you think uh, Shout Out the Devil doesn't exist in 1983. Somebody just told him, and he believed them. Or MTV doesn't, sorry. Yeah. (laughs) I think it's because they weren't getting airplay, so it didn't exist. Oh, definitely, yeah. Actually, I had a question um, in my quiz about that same apartment they lived in when David Lee Roth got permanent brain damage and was doing all his personal coke stash. Um, Because Tommy Lee was living there with uh, Nikki Six and Vince Neal. Mick Mars was too old. He was old enough to be like, no, I'm not living with the rest of you fucking morons. (laughs) But... um, when Tommy, Nikki, and Vince lived in a nasty ass house in Holly Weird, right off Sunset Strip, what did they do? A. Never took out the garbage. B. Never cleaned up the empties. C. Had nasty sex. D. Never did any dishes, even though they only had one dish to do. E. Spent all their money on more liquor and more hairspray. Or F. All of that stuff was taken from one paragraph and all of it is what they did. I'm going to go with the last one. Uh, I don't think F has ever been a choice before. That's true, but are you going with it, Derek? Are you going to side with I mean, Alex? I, I gonna... just think it's a little suspicious. Maybe it's a trick. Yeah, Charles might be trying to trick It would trick be very you. ironic if you chose F and it got you an A. I, I, think, I think it's the one about the about only having one dish, because they definitely only had like, one plate that they all did cocaine off of. I don't think they had nasty sex. So It was also an ashtray. They're trying to scrape the food off the dish so they can put coke on it. Like, oh, I don't <laughs> want any fucking Chinese food in my, <laughs> coke, in my nose. <laughs> What's what's the correct answer, Charles? Well, I want to hear, what did Derek say? Uh, I said I don't think they had nasty sex, so I'll just say everything okay, but that. Okay, is it that. C? Okay, well, the answer is F, so Alex is right. Derek's wrong once again. Okay. who they have nasty sex with? Each other? Um, that's, they that's actually that's clarified that. Like. They answered that question very specifically. Um, let me go see if I can find it. Uh, 
Rod Stewart. He had to get his stomach pumped. <laughs> Come on. Man, I can't find it exactly, but he's basically saying it was a bunch of girls who had enough money to just give them money that when they needed it because they were too lazy to work jobs. That's what's great about it is they act like, oh, we were trying to rock so hard that none of us had jobs. <laughs> but it's like, man, everyone in bands is just fucking working in bars and restaurants. Just fucking do that, man. <laughs> no, no, that's that's stupid. Get girls to give you money. They're smart. Actually, I wrote down another amazing story from that chapter when they're talking about how poor they were. And it's about how uh, Tommy Lee used to shoplift all the time instead of getting a job. And uh, this right away, though, we're going to have to go on a tangent once I get four words into the sentence. Because the liquor store catter corner to the whiskey a go-go. All right. Catter. Mm. C-A-T-E-R. Corner. It's... It's kitty corner. I don't think right? that's one of the ways you can say that. Yeah, there's. I like, think there are like there's six like different so ways. There's like so many ways you I, could say that's it. Not one this one. one. Yeah, this he. I don't know. Man, it just makes me angry thinking about it. Ketter corner. But anyway, the liquor store Ketter corner to the whiskey a go go just down the block from our house was one of my regular targets, and it's that like. You know, maybe he's like shoplifting like candy and shit, but no, he's like, we slid into that liquor store and the dude stuffed a few turkey pot pies in another of my trusty <laughs> down jackets. I was a white puffy Michelin man in a black coat filled with turkey pot pies. When we got back home, we turned to one another all excited. We hugged and jumped up and down, just shouting, I love you, bro. Happy Thanksgiving, bro. Jesus Christ. <laughs> that sounds kind of heartwarming. That's like the best thing I've heard from the book so far. It is maybe the best story. <laughs> I guess story. it's true. I could actually see myself doing that. Turkey pot pies, though, at, at a, a liquor store? <laughs> this is a fucking Ugh. insane story. Yeah, I mean, you sorry know, if you, you know, don't have any bros stores. you would do that with. You know those liquor stores that sell turkey pot pies? They're everywhere, L- right? L.A. is famous for its uh, liquor store turkey pot pie. Like, New York is famous <laughs> for its, uh, like, open-faced, sloppy uh, egg bodega sandwich. Yeah. Got to get you an L.A. turkey pot pie from a liquor store. Um, I read the part about him having kids, and it's really funny to see, like, how unprepared he is to deal with someone who's like has even less mental faculty than him like he's like disgusted by it like just like he could like he calls them complete blobs of course right off the bat like they ate they shat they pissed they cried they screamed they threw up all the time and their heads rolled around on their necks like linda blair in the exorcist most of the time i could barely get close to them like it's it's cool it's like cool to see Tommy Lee just like not even like he finally encounters an organism that has like less agency than him somehow and he's just like absolutely befuddled by it like cannot figure out what to like what do I do with this thing I bet he was a good dad (laughs) was he talk earlier on like what before he breaks up with Heather Locklear before they get divorced he's talking about wanting to have kids and he talks about going over to I think it's Nikki Six has a kid, and he's like, I used to just love just getting on the floor with the kids and crawling around. <laughs> yeah. And then Nikki Six would have to hire like, felt a, like I was one of them. a German guy to watch after him. Yeah. Imagine if the <laughs> imagine if the German guy was Tommy Lee's nanny. Yeah, exactly. 
I mean, he didn't do anything wrong. He just went to Wango Bango or whatever it was called. Wemo Tango. He wanted to see NSYNC. Man, this one's not apropos of anything we're talking about, but another great thing I highlighted was uh, he's um, talking about Girls, Girls, Girls as an album. And he's like describing what that album was like and what it was about. And he's like, it was everything we were into. We all rode Harleys and we all had a riding club called the Dark Angels. Oh my God. <laughs> we, were all, Shut up. we were all into strip clubs <laughs> and that's what the title track is about. Fucking it's a concept uh, album. The Dark Angels. <laughs> With the Dark Angels. I'm glad he's finally explained what that song is about. Yeah. The mystery after all these decades cleared up. Uh, we're called Hell's Angels too. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's like three fucking guys who don't really know how to ride a motorcycle. <laughs> they just kind of polish them in the garage and hang out and drink some beers. Like, yeah, I'm thinking about getting my, on my hog here. They get a Dark Angels test. This is my gang, the Angels of Rehab. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> also, it's crazy that all four members of Motley Crue were into strip clubs at the time. <laughs> it's cool that they found something to write about their shared experiences well this was before brunch yeah <laughs> i think that's an album they look down on or maybe it's the one before that theater of pain is the one they say is bad yeah oh actually i have a question about Who theater of pain molly crew yeah why definitely not me <laughs> uh, i think it was rushed or something yeah, well, I could tell you probably. I think you'll um, get a hint as to why from this. My last question for the quiz. And the question is How did Tommy Lee describe the tour that led to the writing of the album Theater of Pain? And it's A, that tour itself was a theater of pain. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I, I really want to just go with A. All right, Derek, for once, you're right. Uh, right. No, he's right. For once, that's it. Wait, what? What were the other? What were the other answers? That was it. That was the only oh, answer. Okay. <laughs> that okay. tour well, itself a, was okay. a theater of pain, because they were doing a lot of drugs. You see, that was why they did it to themselves. It's like they gave themselves a tummy ache, and they were like, "Oh, my tummy this hurts. is so hard being on <laughs> tour." <laughs> Where they should have named the album uh, "Cry, Cry, Cry" because of all the crying they were doing from the pain. <laughs> <laughs> that album title is taken, my friend. In the yeah, future. only now though. If they had done it like thirty years before you, they could have sued you, and we could have written "Girls, Girls, Girls." Oh man, <laughs> exactly. what a trade! <laughs> yeah, honestly, that, that's a decent trade-off. I, yeah, I, and to be fair, that's a better album title. <laughs> it's got more. Oh, ma- like the, it's got more mass appeal. The Wolf Parade PR from that era is like. <laughs> It was girls, girls, girls was everything we were into. We all rode Harleys and we had a riding club called the Dark Angels. We were all into strip clubs, and that's what the title track is about. All three of us named our favorite thing, and it was all girls. <laughs> we, we did uh, one, two, three, go, and we all said it at the same time. Yeah, we all said it one second after each other, and then we were like, "Wow, that's actually a great name, girls, girls, girls." Perfect. They're like uh, Mo, Larry, and Curly when they all put their heads around the corner one by one. (laughs) Girls, girls, girls. Um, I think Alex, maybe the best quote, though, out of any quote we've talked about this episode was something you found. And I don't know if you have it it pulled up if you want to read it, but the one about toes. Oh, is this the feet quote? 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. That one is, it's a lot. Do you want to do the honors on that one? Sure. Let me pull it up. There's one way to separate the beautiful women from the truly beautiful women, and that is by their toes. If a girl's toes aren't lovely little piggies, she's completely off my radar no matter what she looks like. She can be Miss America, but if I look down and her feet are busted, it's off. Let me give you an example of the worst kind of toe jam. Picture clear plastic high-ass come-fuck-me stripper pumps with a set of crooked toes hanging tan over the front. For God's sake, ladies, what do you have to do? Because there has to be a solution. Is the shoe too big? I haven't worn pumps, but it seems to me that if they fit right, them thangs wouldn't <laughs> slide out there on their own like them that. Them thangs. When they do, it's like a fender bender. Them, them thangs. thangs. Everyone slows down to check it out, then speeds up and moves on real quick, knowing that no one is hurt, but the shit is mangled and in desperate need of a tow truck. T-O-E tow, T-O-E truck. Very clever. Pamela, my ex-wife, the mother of my kids, one of the most gorgeous women I have ever laid eyes on, has the most amazing toes. When we were eating together, I had to keep myself from eating them right off her feet every fucking day. (laughs) Dude, it was hard. Her toes are perfect. Fuck, her whole set of feet is rad. A set set of feet is rad. A whole set of feet. Damn. Just looking at Pam Anderson's feet, and he turned into two big juicy turkeys right in front of Tommy's <laughs> eyes, and his tongue just his tongue just unfurls out of his mouth, and he, he has They're, like he uh, his canines two grow. juicy turkeys, Steam but with ten out of his ears, ten little turkey <laughs> toes coming off of the two bigger turkeys. I really like when girls have all their toes, and I really hate when a girl's a butter toes. <laughs> Unless it looks like a little butter, butterball turkey. But uh actually there's a couple more good sentences after that when he's like fuck her whole set of toes is red or fuck her whole set of feet is red. But I knew that before I met her. I'd seen nude pictures of her before we met and the first thing I did was clock her toes. <laughs> huh. You got those toes clocked, man? Yeah, you gotta clock the toes, bruh. Man, those toes are a fucking ten and two. I think we over like we glossed over the funniest line though at the beginning of if a go if if a girl's toes aren't lovely little piggies, she is completely off my radar. No, he said that. Uh, I know that, but I'm just saying we didn't dwell on it enough. Oh, uh, lovely little piggies. Yeah, we gotta think about that. I mean, I think it. I think it's, it's pretty bad. pretty cool because, like, I, I don't know. Maybe I just don't. I'm not observant enough. Maybe I have that like that facial blindness disorder, but for feet. But I've never in my life seen a girl who I thought looks was pretty, and then looked at her feet and thought anything, anything. Has Tommy Lee just convinced you that you're weird and that he's normal? Yes. That's the power of literature. Mm, yeah, I, think I actually the kinda, vast I, majority of people are yeah, like that. Yeah, I kind of agree with Derek here. I, yeah. I like you. You can have fucked up, lady, ladies. I I wanted. I'm speaking to you, all the women that listen to this show. Uh, you can you can have fucked up feet. <laughs> you know who you are. You know who you are. You know who you are. You can have fucked up feet. It's fine. I mean, nobody nobody notices that kind of thing except Tommy Lee and. Uh, I mean, you let a child like, die. Probably like 100,000 so. men on Twitter, but... I think so it's better if you girls... have fucked up feet, because then you can wear some cute socks. That's what I really like. <laughs> <laughs> 
ugly Christmas socks? Yes. All the girls listening to this reading group, hoping to impress Tommy Lee in the future with their knowledge about him, you do have to take his opinion into account here, though. Everyone else, you're good to go. Oh, Lovely little stinks. piggies. Can you imagine if you think of all the euphemisms he's used for parts of the body, you just add them all up. You got gummy bears and piggies and all kinds of weird, like the way that he conceives of the human body is just fascinating. Just full of morsels. Yep. Yep. The, the piggies, the piggies are attached to the chicken legs. The chicken legs are attached to the ham bones. The ham bones are attached to the gummy bears. It goes, (laughs) it, it goes up from there. I feel like I feel like something might be wrong with this guy. So I'm starting to get the, I'm starting to get the vibe like you know I don't know I just, I'm just starting to get the feeling like something might be up with, with what's Tom. wrong with him. Well, I, I don't know. Tell you what, Pamela Anderson's got a nice pair of feet. <laughs> yeah, apparently, a nice set. Yeah. She's got several feet. Yeah, her whole set is, of feet is nice. All it's the rad. toes are there. The little piggies. The little, all the little piggies are there. She does not need all a the dogs are in the barnyard. Yeah. Pamela, I wonder if. Uh, Go ahead, Derek. I was just gonna say. I wonder if Tommy Lee like looks away when a guy's feet are out. You know, because. You know. Yeah. Oh, I I, I doubt yeah, what he if holds he's them into to the it? same standard. Like I, I would feel like I don't think he probably he probably doesn't explicitly mention it, but I would assume that he thinks that like guys' feet should be as nasty as possible. You know, if you shave your arms, you know, you can you can have like nasty feet as a man, but you have to shave your arms, bro. Women yeah. like that, one hundred percent. Yeah, you don't think he ever, you know, like in the early days when they were sharing hotel rooms, just like woke up in the middle of the night. And Nikki Six's big toe is sticking out of the fucking <laughs> Motel Six. Those like really nasty, like synthetic blankets, but just his big toe is sticking out. And there's just light coming in from the window. And he's like, "Don't look over. Don't look over at the big toe. Don't do it." And then he looks just for a second, and then has a long night of questioning himself. You know, a long <laughs> night of the soul. It's standing alone like Mount Sinai yes. in the desert. <laughs> I mean, the worst thing is like when somebody's rounding a corner, and for the like a split second, you just see their feet, but not them, and it's just like I love that foot, and then you know it's it's connected to just dead. (laughs) (laughs) Or like uh, they're on the they're on the private jet, and they're in the uh, cockpit, and Dick Danger is flying uh, shoeless, and he's teaching (laughs) him how to fly the plane like it's ghost, and they're he's got his arms around him showing him how to fly the plane. He's flying it with his feet. He's got both of his feet on the yeah, pilot's yeah, controls. The, he's like, look, Tommy, it's really easy. And Tommy's just pulling on his collar going, oh, yeah, On the Atari yeah. controller. <laughs> Dick, Danger, Dick Danger wraps his legs around Tommy, and Tommy grabs them. Like He kind of like grabs the feet and puts them between his, between his armpits, then extends his arms out like, <laughs> like he's on the fucking bow of the Titanic. And just like closes his eyes with like these these beautiful feet in his face. <laughs> like Dick, you've got the most wonderful feet I've ever seen. But also you're old and uh, and also uh, you know like can I can I fly this plane? It'll be just like a video game. <laughs> I came to the realization that bathroom stalls are designed to have a huge glory hole for foot people. <laughs> <laughs> 
you can just stick them right under there. That's probably who designed it. Yep. Tommy Lee designed the bathroom stalls. <laughs> but uh, going back to the plane made me think, uh, do you think that like on the day the music died, that Buddy Holly was just doing exactly what Tommy Lee did that day, except he crashed the plane <laughs> and Tommy Lee did it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, the the Dick Danger of Buddy Holly's era told him how to do a barrel roll, and that was the end of it. <laughs> that was uh, it. Yeah. yeah, he was trying to do a barrel roll during liftoff. <laughs> exactly. It didn't work. Wait, I I'm, honestly uh, believe this theory now. I'm getting all mixed up. What are you telling me? The Big Bopper like to see girls squirt? <laughs> Probably, yeah. They called it the day the Big Bopper stopped bopping. <laughs> Tell me, Buddy Holly like to see girls gummy bears. Uh huh. Oh, you bet he did. Don't. It'd be great if you didn't say the gummy bear thing again. Love to see a girl's Mike and Ike. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, no, it's, that was it, nice of you to apologize. No, it's fine. Yeah, I'd love to see. I love to see a girl sour gummy worm. <laughs> okay. Well, now well, you that's, just that's too made long. it even worse. So. Uh, that's, that's too that's too long, and it's covered in granules. <laughs> yeah, not gonna not gonna elaborate on that one. You All right, well, on that note, maybe that's the end of this episode. I mean, man, you made it. You didn't like gummy bears, but you made it way worse. Yeah. CJ's a demon where he's pretending like this is. He, oh, yo, I, I don't like hearing that. And then I just think of a much worse thing. Well, now, last week, uh, Derek was in the doghouse, but now CJ's in the doghouse. I hope he thinks about what he's just said. And next week, he needs to come back acting like a normal, decent human being. But thanks for being here anyway, Derek, CJ. All right. God yeah. Bless. And Thank I'll start recording whenever you guys are ready. Man, I just love to see a girl sour straw. Okay. Um. On the sunset strip. They got those long, long legs and those long, long.